1: Nicola Everett.
0: Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Thursday the 29th of September. Hope you're okay. Our top story today is about a taxi company in Medway that's been forced to close its office early because of the abuse that staff are getting. Now, Vokes Taxis is closing its office on Station Road in Raynham at six in the evening instead of the usual midnight. Well, our reporter Amy Tregenna has been speaking to co-owner Mark Robinson about this and joins me now... So Amy, what did Mark say about the abuse then? Mark said that the abuse has been vulgar, angry and threatening,
2: and the operators get it on a daily and weekly basis. He said that it started out with a small group that became aggressive one evening, but has kind of become a trend. And even though it's only been verbal so far, they've closed in the evenings to stop it from escalating because they think it could get a lot more serious.
0: Vokes provides taxis 24 hours a day all year round, but like a lot of other companies, has been suffering from a staffing shortage following the pandemic. And Mark reckons that's led to some of the issues, doesn't he? He said that it's normal for around 70 to 100 drivers to leave the profession
2: every year, but they usually get replaced by new drivers. But because of the pandemic, the council haven't been able to carry out driver evaluations. And it also requires a lot more time to become a licensed taxi driver in Medway than it does to become an Uber driver, for example, because of all the local knowledge they need to be tested on. So Mark thinks that fewer drivers might be motivated to become qualified that way. I might go to Uber instead. That doesn't seem to be the only problem, does it? He said that the sheer volume of roadworks around Medway mean that taxi drivers can end up spending most of their time sat in gridlock traffic, which can make customers more frustrated because the taxis can't get across the towns that fast. And he also said that new flats being built around Medway mean that a lot more people are moving to Medway from London and they often rely on taxis and they're used to that. But the shortage of drivers at the moment just can't match that higher demand that they're getting. So finally, are they likely to go back to their previous hours? They want to go back to their previous hours, but they said
0: they'll have to do it gradually because they don't want to put their operators at any risk and they can't risk their protection. Thanks ever so much for that update Amy. You can also read Amy's report and let us know what you think by heading to the website. Kent Online News Details have emerged about a stabbing outside a pub on Sheppey. A teenager was treated in hospital for an arm injury after violence broke out on Sheerness High Street earlier this month. Officers are trying to identify a group of men involved in the disturbance. This isn't the sort of thing you'd normally hear in a case about a stalker but a court's been told how a FANIC woman had to help a man down after he got caught in her curtains Richard Holker turned up at her home on multiple occasions phoned her dozens of times and tried to climb through her window where the 33 year old from Birchington has been given a 12 month suspended sentence. This is pretty disgusting. CCTV footage at Kent Online shows the moment a customer spits at a member of staff at a subway in Folkestone the man reportedly lost his temper over not being given a cup of water on Monday. He's since been banned from the store. Next today, an organisation that gives grants to charities in Kent has told the podcast they're hearing from an increasing number that are struggling. The voluntary sector has been hit by the cost of living crisis with more people needing support and fewer able to make donations. Well, I've been speaking to Rachelle Verriere, who's the grants manager at the Kent Community Foundation.
3: Every day we hear from new organisations, food banks in particular, that very, very stretched. Luckily, we do have fund holders who are happy to give out grants on a hot hog basis because the situation is very urgent. is the now rather than waiting for next spring. Often, our, the way our panel meetings work is that we meet once or twice a year, so it wouldn't necessarily match with the time of year when it's really needed, which is Really now,
0: has that kind of escalated in the past couple of weeks, or has it slowly started to increase? Can you paint a bit of a picture for us?
3: Yeah, no, I mean, f- from my point of view, uh, it's been a- the last couple of weeks. I've received several requests, um, and and people absolutely desperate. I mean, uh, recently it was the independ- independent food bank in uh, in Margate had been broken into, and. Uh, We've been able to get some funding for them to secure the premises, and then the and then another request then came, and that was for vouchers, food vouchers for children, um, because um, there was an inequality in terms of the distribution of vouchers, where an individual could have a five pound voucher, but uh, and a family could have a five pound voucher. So, thanks to to this fund, we've been able to give them some funding so the children can eat for the next five to four to five months
0: i think there's a huge concern at the moment that, that some of us who would donate to a food bank in the past may be thinking well actually i can't afford to do that anymore and their donations are dropping is that the sort of story that you're hearing
3: totally and i also hear a story it's about food but it's also all these people who had direct debits to local charities, the first thing they've done is to actually stop them. And then we got another issues: is that a lot of volunteers are struggling as well. So some of them are wanting to return to work or some charities can't afford to pay for the expenses and they can't afford the fuel. So there's, there's, there's so many uh, issues at the moment within the voluntary sector, which um, I hope we can help to, you know part to resolve part of it but it's, it's a big task
0: you say it's a big task are there grants available have you, have you still got enough money that's being made available yeah. to help these charities
3: absolutely absolutely i mean tomorrow i'm in um i'm in margate running a series of one-to-one advice sessions and i'll be advising organization how to apply when to apply so there is funding available um it is it is uh fair to say that um, our fundholders currently are on focusing on, on key things, food and eating.
0: Some interesting stuff there from Rochelle. Meantime, we've been told the cost of living crisis is forcing families in Kent to give up hosting Ukrainian refugees. More than 1,600 hosts have come forward since the Homes for Ukraine scheme launched in March when war broke out. But a report by the county councils warning as many as 1,000 placements may need rematching or alternative accommodation within the next six to 12 months. Stanislav Benes is a trustee at refugee charity Apora. He's been speaking to our political editor, Paul Francis.
4: There will be quite a lot of people who will be continuing in their current arrangements. There are a lot of people who have one way or another managed to move on somewhere else uh, to their own uh, accommodation. Uh, unfortunately, though, that isn't the reality for all people. Um, sometimes, um, You know, depending on their personal circumstances, it might there may be language barriers. There may be employability barriers because a lot of the people here are uh, mothers with children or single mothers with children, with with the men being back in Ukraine, um, which you know poses barriers for employability and therefore you know for uh, being able to pay the rent, really. Um, So, yeah, there there is there is definitely some concern, especially as the numbers uh, of people for whom the six months is, is approaching um, go, go up and up because you know it, it may be six months from the start of the scheme, uh, but people didn't actually start arriving uh, in large numbers uh, until about a month or two later. Um, so it'll, it'll become more of an issue as time goes on. A lot of the um, responses that have been drafted by the government have been perhaps sort of half measures um, the living, uh, the cost of living crisis is definitely an important point, but I don't think it's the only point. Uh, doubling the money will will help some people, but most of the time it's cost of living plus um, lack of resourcing, lack of structure, lack of support. The numbers of people that would like to come over might be quite high. The issue is that um, as is quite well known at this point, the, the supply of sponsors, of people willing to take people in, has gone down quite considerably. Uh, we have on our platform, you know, from, from a high uh, five or six months ago, of, of several thousand people offering spaces to, to people coming over, we're down to less than a hundred. Um, so it's less about, uh, do people want to come here? And it's more about, um, are there people willing to uh, to take people in at this point? The war is dragging on unfortunately as as things drag on, um, you know people's attentions go elsewhere or people might start to think actually, you know we may have been uh, a bit too eager. To, to jump into things at the beginning. Uh, but now that we look at the situation with, uh, with, as I said, the lack of support perhaps, with the negative news in the media, uh, with uh, the cost of living crisis, with all these things, people may be you know, saying it's actually not for us. It's a three-year visa that people are being offered, yet the accommodation offer is just for uh, six months at, at the low end. Um, so there's that strange mismatch there. So as in, what, what were the expectations? after those six months Um, and if the expectations were that people would stay here um, why hasn't there been more preparation about what would happen afterwards Um, in a lot of in a lot of senses in in its ideal form um, it's a great opportunity for people because you know they have full access to employment to benefits to, to everything else but that's kind of in theory uh, because the, the, there are barriers for people who are already here, who, you know, British citizens, um, there's, there's a shortage of of suitable and affordable housing. There's, you know, there's issues already here. Plus, on top of that, uh, people coming here will, you know, will have uh, their own problems, their own barriers. Um, if we're talking about the private rental sector, um, lack of care, tours, no deposits, no credit history, that kind of stuff. So the, the, the scheme was definitely... It presents good opportunities, but unfortunately, the the reality doesn't quite align with the ideal of what it
0: could offer. this podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A man's been arrested after apparently trying to flee the scene of a crash near Folkestone. Police say a car collided with another vehicle at the Eurotunnel terminal yesterday. It was later stopped more than 20 miles away on the London bound M20 near Leeds Castle. A 29 year old has been detained. As a warning, significant action is needed as most of England, including right here in Kent, is still in drought. Data from from last week shows reservoir stocks are at 52% of total capacity and dry soil is still struggling to absorb rainwater. Some companies have announced hosepipe bans will remain in force until next year to help manage supply levels. Now, ahead of Kent getting a new chief constable, we're being asked what we'd like them to focus on. Alan Pusley steps down from the role at the end of the week after eight years in the job. But what do you think the new man or woman in charge of policing the county should be Tackling as a priority. Well, Crime Commissioner Matthew Scott is keen to know and he's been speaking to Jadzia Samuel from our colleagues at KMTV.
5: The main purpose of this survey is to get from the public uh, some idea of what they want from their next chief constable. Uh, We have one of the largest police forces uh, in the country uh, with links to London and the continent. But we have some really local challenges as well. And what I want from the public is a sense of the leadership qualities they expect from their chief constable and also what issues they want the chief constable to focus in on. So it's a really important survey that I hope a lot of people will undertake.
1: So far, what have been your priorities with policing?
5: My priorities have been what the public have asked for. So we've been bearing down on serious violence, such as drugs and county line gangs, uh, antisocial behaviour, Uh, burglary, child sexual exploitation and other sexual offences. That's what the residents wanted action on when we did this survey last year. That's what we're bearing down on now. And I'm pleased to say that with reductions in antisocial behaviour reports, uh, reductions in burglary as well, we're starting to see some really good progress.
1: Are you expecting to see people um, wanting a change away from this? Or do you think there are other concerns that people might have that, that haven't been such a focus for Kent Police?
5: I think that the Priorities that we've seen in in the last few years have remained broadly the same. Uh, Antisocial behaviour, and burglary uh, and drugs, for example, typically always appear amongst people's top priorities, and rightly so, because they impact upon local communities uh, and particularly people's uh, lives. So I'll make sure that they continue to be a focus. uh, And if residents want to see changes, this is the opportunity to influence that.
1: Now, one of the questions that you're asking on the survey is whether people would be prepared to pay more council tax to support policing. And um, what do you expect the answer to be for that?
5: Well, this is one of the interesting ways in which we fund policing. It's very different to uh, many other public services except local government, where we ask the public to pay extra towards policing from their council tax. Uh, in previous years, that's gone towards uh, extra police officers and supporting local policing. But it is becoming an increasingly important part of the budget policing generally uh, and the government's funding plans for policing going forward are predicated on uh, council tax being a part of it. So I want people's honest perspectives. Um, It will guide me in the decisions that I'll make during the budget setting later this year.
1: And finally, with the chief uh, constable stepping down, what will you be looking for in his replacements?
5: So we'll look at the priorities that residents want action on uh, to address some of the challenges that the force faces, but also improve on what we're doing really well. Uh, In some areas of crime and performance, Kent Police is doing well, crime fell by um, 19,000 offences compared to the peak some years ago. So we've got a a really good trajectory on crime and antisocial behaviour, but also it's about the type of leader that we want. I think we want someone who's going to listen to local communities, who's going to act on their behalf, be pragmatic in their approach Mm -hmm. uh, and support their workforce. So there um, will be a broad range of qualities that I'll be looking for, but this is the opportunity for residents to tell me what they want those qualities to be.
0: Now, Mr Scott has also claimed that dozens of officers in the county have been unfairly poached by the Met. He's revealed a total of 46 experienced officers have moved across the border over the last year. The Crime Commissioner is demanding a meeting with the Mayor of London over the issue. Kent Online reports Businesses in Canterbury city centre say they're struggling to take card payments because the signal there is so bad the patchy network also means shoppers and tourists are often unable to use their phones and emergency calls are dropping out the council's urging ee to improve connectivity the company say they've upgraded several masts recently and further work is planned Staying with Canterbury News and a controversial 4,000 home development on the outskirts of the city could be given the go-ahead later. Mountfield Park has already faced a battle in the High Court with opponents saying it'll create traffic chaos. But those in charge of planning at the local authority appear to be in favour, with the plans also including schools, office space, community buildings and sports facilities. Meantime, plans for new homes near Hythe, which opponents claim threaten their human rights, have been given the go-ahead. The block of four apartments and two detached houses will be built on land in Seabrook. Residents have raised concerns about not having privacy in their back gardens and the development being overbearing, but developers say it's in keeping with the style of the neighbourhood. A popular bike shop in Gravesend might have to close if new owners can't be found. Try the bike shop opened in the 1960s and is currently run by husband and wife team Ted and Sue Tickner. The store on Windmill Street could shut as early as the end of October, but it's still hoped a buyer will be found.
5: Kent Online reports.
0: A warning, we could see winds of up to 55 miles per hour tomorrow because of Hurricane Ian. It's caused massive destruction in the US state of Florida with hundreds of homes flooded and millions without power. Well, although it won't be anywhere near as bad here in Kent, the Met Office is predicting heavy rain and strong winds on Friday evening. Now, a Kent teenager who took up wheelchair racing after suffering a spinal cord injury just two years ago has won her first medal. Ellis Cottas was a competitive swimmer before being left with life-changing injuries in 2020. She joined the Weir Archer Academy set up by Paralympic legend David Weir and his coach and has just won bronze at the school games national finals. The 19-year-old from Westmoreland says she was determined not to let her new normal change her as a person.
6: I obviously spent a long time in hospital so it was quite a big break but while I was in hospital I knew I wanted to get back into sport. It was quite a hard decision what sport I wanted to go into because I knew I could go back to swimming but it was actually quite nice to have a fresh start. I think I would have compared myself a lot to what I was like before. And so what was the recovery like from your injury? Did it take quite a long time to? Yeah, I was in hospital for a very long time, um, and yeah, obviously it was really hard. You know, the first few weeks and months, I was just bed bound. You know, I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. Um, so slowly gained independence enough to go home. Um, so I think sport really helps in the terms of, um, yeah, just showing that your body can still do stuff. Um, you know, you might have different capabilities, but you're still capable of doing stuff. Um, so I think that's why I really wanted to get back into sport as well.
2: So how does it feel to kind of get to this point where you are being quite successful
0: at water
6: Um Yeah, I mean, it feels brilliant it's crazy how fast it's gone Um, but I just immediately loved it to be honest Um, I think as soon as you really love it you sort of get into it and that really helps your performance I guess but
2: it's my first
6: season so it really is crazy how fast it's gone
2: What's next for you? Are you going on to more races in the future, higher leagues? Yes, definitely.
6: I'm actually going to the IWAS World Games in Portugal at the end of November. Um, and yeah, definitely keep racing. Um, you know, maybe I hope to build up to road races as well. Um, not just on track, so longer distances and yeah.
2: Has it kind of made your recovery easier then, to be able to um, devote
6: yourself to this sport? And really oh, 100%, 100%, yeah. Um, obviously in terms of strength, so I do do a lot of physio, um, about four times a week I have physio, um, but then, you know, there's different types of strength. So the physio helps that, but the racing also helps the physio in terms of arm strength helps me with transfers, pushing my chair, all those sorts of things. Um, But yeah, definitely the mental side of having an injury um, is, yeah, sport is good for that. And also because it's, the Rear Archer Academy is for only wheelchair racing, um, you get to meet so many other people with disabilities. Um, so some of them might be like me with a spinal cord injury, and they
0: might be further down the road but some, some people, there's all sorts of disabilities, but you, I've really learned from them as well. What an inspiration. Thanks so much to Ellis for sharing her story with us. One of the world's most popular musicals opens at Kent's biggest theatre tonight. Les Miserables will be at the Marlowe in Canterbury for the next month. It's the longest running musical in the West End. Meantime, an open air cinema returns to Rochester from this evening. There'll be screenings of Elvis, Spider-Man, Harry Potter and Rocketman in the Castle Gardens over the next four nights. And by far my favourite story of the day, a group of puppies that were abandoned next to the A249 are set to have a career with the prison service. The fox red Labradors were rescued after being dumped in a crate between Sittingbourne and Sheppey earlier this month. Well, it's now been revealed they're going to be trained as sniffer dogs and you can see the absolutely adorable picture of them by heading to the website.
5: Kent Online Sports.
0: Cricket First and Kent have ended the season on a huge high with a win over Somerset. It was convincing as well. They beat them by an innings and 151 runs at Canterbury within three days. Kent have also avoided relegation and secured their Division One status. And finally, Premier League goalkeeper Bern Leno has donated signed shirts and gloves to a Kent charity. The former Arsenal footballer currently plays for Fulham and has given some of his kit to My Shining Star, which is based in Gillingham. It'll be auctioned off to help families going through the trauma of childhood cancer. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks So much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also get access to the ad free Kent Online premium site. To do that, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And whilst you're on the site today, you can read our latest Eat My Words food review. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group